Welcome to Neutral Exposure, a space for reflection and inspiration with photographers across a range of disciplines. My name's Al Sims. your first kind of introduction to photography and, and, and where did the interest first come from? Um, I think just being really nosy. <laughs> I think um, I started when I, I came, I went and lived in America when I was quite young. Um, I left school and went to America and I came back not really knowing what I wanted to do or where, you know, what sort of avenue I wanted to go. And I did some evening courses and day courses and photography was one of them. And I just I just really loved it. I really connected with it. I liked, I liked the idea that you could um, look at something, uh, but not partake in it. I think that okay. that I really enjoyed that kind of slight distance from something, but yet still very much observing it. So yeah, I, I went even, and then that led to me going straight into university. I did a, I started part time because I was still sort of slightly unsure, and then I switched to a full time degree in photography. And did a lot of assisting. Mm-hmm. Had you always been quite creative, like before before kind of going to the states and then thinking about what you had to do actually to make a living? I, I'm definitely um, much more creative than I am an academic. That's for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely lean in that direction. And I think my family are that way. I think you know the way I grew up was very creative. I also grew up in a in a rather fabulous house. My my mum has a, a a good flair for interior, and I okay. I thought about that, and I thought that's probably where some of it comes from. We had this sort of amazing naked lady wallpaper when we were kids, oh, nice. and everybody yeah. used to want to come to our house to look at the naked ladies. So, so that that set the tone quite nicely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sort of kind of yeah Art Deco swirly lady thing going on all over the stairs. It was amazing. Mm. Cool. So what what um when you were kind of exploring different avenues, um, was there a point where photography just became quite a clear, you know, this is, this is what I've chosen. This is the route I'm going to go down. I think it, it, what it did was it spoke to me more than any sort of other course or class that I was doing. It was one of those, I kind of went, I related to it really well. You know, it wasn't something I'd really experimented with that much before so it was yeah it just kind of grabbed me okay and then who who, who did you go on to assist what what types of photographers oh I started um with a, a lovely man when I was just when I first when I was first at uni which was brilliant because he got I went to like Miami to catalog shoot and stuff whilst at uni so that was great fun um called Neil Mackenzie Matthews but then I went on to assist an amazing photographer called Marcus Tomlinson who was incredibly creative. And I spent um, about five years with him through college and afterwards. And he would just, um, he was a fashion photographer and portrait photographer, but he would—he was an artist, he, basically. And he had a studio in Old Street and he shot everything on 10.8. And we, nice. hand, we developed and hand processed all of the film and did all the printing in the mm. studio. So it was a fantastically rounded experience from you know the whole I got to be part of the whole process and it that uh, was it, it I think it really shaped me I think in terms of how I saw things 
It, it really was. Mm. Were, were you? Uh, was it one of your responsibilities to do all the film processing? You yeah. know, is that was that yeah. something you'd done before, or was it was it kind of trial by fire? It was sort of trial. I mean, I'd done it at college, but it was really trial by fire. Yeah, which mm. hand processing ten eight film that you'd been to Paris to shoot, and you come back with all this film, hoping you'd loaded it the right way first, which is like the mm-hmm. scariest thought. And then processing it all. And just like when the first one comes out and you take it outside and you can actually see an image, you're like, thank God for that. <laughs> it's like so terrifying, that feeling that you could have ruined the whole shoot. But you never did. No, never did. No, no. good, cool. And, yeah. and was that all studio-based or was there was it kind of a mix of location and, and studio? It was a mix. It was a real mix. It was it was a very creative time. It was, it was tremendously good fun. We'd be, you know, he'd get, a lot of whims and would take models to lakes at three in the morning and shoot them like Ophelia. And it, mm-hmm. you know, it was with lighting outside. It was, it was a very rounded, very creative experience, sometimes a little trying, but mainly it was very good. And then um, I went on to assist Henry Bourne, who's also a really fabulous artist who um, kind of changed my world really because it was through assisting him the first job I did with him was for Condé Nast Traveller and I just landed from uh, New York literally was on the tarmac and my phone rang and it was Henry going I'm desperate for an assistant I need to take someone to Africa tomorrow can you come and I was like Mm. yes (laughs) and then I was like what have I said you'd never met him before (laughs) no I'd never met him and it was kind of like so is it was it just was it just a small world that he 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 came to came across you or yeah I think someone had recommended me someone had said or he you know he tried his regular and three other people I think and then it was like he was desperate <laughs> and he was like can you know it yes of course and it was one of those experiences in life that just changes your world it I had no idea that you could be that kind of photographer that that you know we came, we got out of Nairobi airport and there was a man with a placard with Henry's name on it and we got into this tiny little two-seater plane we got climbed into the back and we flew across to Af- the plane of Africa with our cameras out of the window literally with cameras hanging out of the window and it was just like someone's paying you to do this I could do mm-hmm. this it was just and then we stayed in this amazing lodge at Elsa's copy where Born Free was written and we spent four days looking for lions and, wow nice yeah <laughs> and it was like okay it's, it wasn't the it was just like the whole encompassing feeling you know the mm-hmm. photographing the lodge was amazing the rooms it was just the whole experience going and meeting the locals and it really did just make me think this is much more appealing to me than fashion very much so yeah okay so this is what like early 20s mid 20s or yeah early 20s yeah. yeah okay nice so then when you how, how long were you working in the assistant role before starting to kind of pick up your own I suppose your own clients and your own drive probably a little bit too long but I think in a way that that was also quite useful I mean when I came back from Henry when we came back from Africa that that really did change my way of thinking and I thought this is really what I want to do so I I started to put together a portfolio that would would work for that and it wasn't something I really had. So I was starting from the beginning, but it, it gave me the kind of direction that I needed to find out where I wanted to go. And so, I, yeah, I put a portfolio together and I went to Condé Nast Traveller and said, please can I have mm-hmm. a job? And they said, yes. And it was like, okay, that's amazing. 
and yeah it was the most exciting feeling to get that yeah job. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> starting on a high yeah yeah I went I went in and about two weeks later they gave me a job and it was like oh seriously thank you mm. and yeah it started from there so that's where it all really began that's awesome so it was um the the possibility of travel which was kind of at the core of it yes that was incredibly appealing what I find really appealing and that what I love about being a photographer is that you get to go into other worlds you know you mm-hmm. get to go into other people's worlds but you don't only get to go into the front of the house you get to go into the back of the house and upstairs and you know inside the cupboards and you get to really explore another world and it's somebody else's world and I find that really fascinating something that I've always always loved I mean even to the point that I was thinking about this the other day. There's a program when I was at school called How We Used to Live. And I was obsessed with this program. I was obsessed with these kind of like reenactments of Victorian life from the maid to the posh people. You know, I really love that kind of voyeurism, I guess, of people's Yeah, lives. okay. And that stayed with you? Yeah, yeah. It really has stayed with me because <laughs> I was kind of wondering where all this comes from. And when I started thinking about it, it's like, oh, there's some, there's some real seminal moments you can think about in your life. You think, that's probably like like reason why it's like the wallpaper my mum's wallpaper mm-hmm. it's like ah, yeah this is beginning to more make sense yeah yeah cool and 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 what was the the journey or timeline behind then you kind of I suppose being confident that you were able to make a you know a full-time job of your own photography oh I, um the timeline yeah I mean I think the whole thing has been a real roller coaster I think like when I started, it was like you have started with this amazing high and that didn't come again for quite a few years. Okay. You know, there was work, but there's work that you seek and there's work that you get, you know, they're they're very different things. And, you know, it was slow. It was very slow, to be honest. It didn't just, you know, and I think you have to be, you have to be quite resilient to be a freelancer. Mm. You really do. And you have to hold a real sense of belief in what you do in order for it to work. Yeah. So what sort, what sort of stuff were you doing that wasn't really down the, the route that you wanted to go? Um, well, I'd do anything, really. I think that's you have to earn a living, don't you? So I think you do a lot of kind of work that doesn't really speak to you or doesn't, isn't really your aesthetic. I think you, you end up doing a lot of things that, well, not necessarily a lot, but things for money that mm. you wouldn't necessarily choose to do for yourself or wouldn't be your choice of client. And I think that's, you know, when you realise you've become established is when you you shoot things that you are very happy with mm-hmm. and that you really respect and enjoy and you're not shooting a lot of things that make you slightly unhappy inside. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. And was there, was there a point where... You stopped having to compromise on that, you know, on, on, on what you were drawn to, you know, that you were kind of able to leave those those other jobs behind. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's quite an interesting question. I mean, I think there's still some of those jobs because some, you know, life is not as beautiful as we would like it all the time. There's still jobs that you do that you kind of think probably shouldn't have done that or, uh, yeah. or, uh, or it is financially worth it for you know, and that's something you have to think about. It's it's very hard to just be creative and expect to be paid for that mm. by everyone all the time. You have to, for your own style, you, you do have to adapt. You do have to adopt 
you know some other ways of looking in order to make a sure and um did it take a while to kind of build up the I suppose you say like that it started on a high you know did it take a while to kind of build up the the momentum you know back home in London to kind of pick up clients and yeah you know what was that what was that process like I mean it it takes years I think to really establish yourself in, in the way that you want to be seen um yeah it, it does take quite a long time but it did for me but I think that's also something to do with your own self-confidence and your belief in your own work and I mm. think that you know that does take time if you're not entirely sure of which direction you want to go in or what you want your finished product to look like then you know you you need to establish a look for yourself that that grows with you and things do take a while to grow and to grow well they that you know you need to plant really good roots and I think that's possibly the the way that I've my career has gone Mm -hmm. I think I established some very good solid foundation and then kind of had a few wilderness years Mm -hmm. and then a kind of yeah yeah and what 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 has kind of influenced this I suppose how has your style developed over time as well you know have you always kind of had quite a strong uh, aesthetic vision or is that something that's you know what what what's influenced that I, I think I have always had quite a strong aesthetic. I think um, when I started, I wasn't sure how to achieve that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think now I'm I'm very, very capable of understanding what I want and how to get there. So it's a very quick process for me now, which is really nice mm-hmm. you know, to create the aesthetic and to have that that look. And yeah, so what what what, what inspiration have you taken that's kind of you know become part of that I think um classical painting I think Mm -hmm. I'm really influenced by painting by painting and um real old masters and traditional painting I absolutely love I can spend hours lost in looking at painting and light I just love the way light falls on on the things and that that is how I see things now in terms of the light and how that works yeah, would you would you describe yourself as a a classical still life photographer or interiors photographer? You know how how would you how would you categorize your work? Yeah, I think it is quite classical. I think it's always got a little quirky edge and a bit of humor. But I think mm. generally, if you just quickly glance at it, I think you would see it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the industry was you'll be able to say was the industry quite a lot smaller and closer knit back then. Yes, much more so. It yeah. was much smaller and it was much, um, yeah, I mean, even in terms of the clients that you could get, it was a much, much smaller field and there wasn't as much um, choice within it. Everything was kind of a lot, it was more similar. And now now you have, a, a you know, in a fantastic array of clients and styles and things, yeah. Mm. I mean, the, the interiors world, I think about, 15 years ago really started taking off yeah photographically i think people really started wanting to be and taking note of it as a creative place okay i wanted to touch on that as well you know in terms of the you know within the world of interiors and and still life uh when thinking about the development of trends and you know certain visual trends that have that have you know come come in within that world um it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on where you think those trends come from you know are they led by photographers like yourself or are they led by art directors or stylists you know what 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 elements 
come to yeah direct that yeah I think I think it's a collaboration really of minds and I think a lot of it filters down through fashion Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of the coming styles are led by what came previously in fashion color wise trend wise but I think you know on shoots it's quite interesting these days a stylist has an awful lot of control yeah which wasn't the case 15 years ago it was a photographer who really had all the kind of visual control and now a stylist will concept draw and come up with things and the photographer will put in the atmosphere the light yeah. and the atmosphere and create the image which is it's a really nice process it's a really it can be a very collaborative very lovely process with the right people it can work really well yeah and um and, and you've built you know quite strong ongoing collaborations and, and relationships with, with with stylists and people like that yeah yeah and i think it's really important i think because it isn't interiors wise especially it isn't something you do by yourself especially mm. in the working working arena so it is very important to develop those relationships and have really collaborative relationships that are based on creativity and it's very good to have a similar aesthetic as someone you're working with or an understanding that if you don't how to make the two work because that can be the make or break of a shoot it yeah, really can. It's, sure. it's an essential thing and I, I suppose do, that, do those relationships help you get past the I don't know any potential limitations that there might be that you come up against you know when working to you know a client's brief yes yes <laughs> especially for me who can um sometimes speak out of turn <laughs> <laughs> okay it's quite nice to have someone who can speak for me occasionally yeah, yeah. I am um, I don't mean to I think I'm just got a little bit of um creative angst sometimes <laughs> okay in a way that's quite nice to be able to have the uh, you know you're not just approaching it as you know, one person and it's all resting on you. It must be quite nice to have that, you know, real team effort behind it. It is, especially on huge, you know, huge set jobs where mm. everything's laid out. It is, it's really nice. It's, I think it's, it really helps the creativity as well because, it, you know, you will feed off each other. So you come to a much bigger result than you would on your own. It would, maybe it's not necessarily the right, you know, it'll be a very different result than if you just did it all, all alone. Yeah. Cool. And um, you seem to kind of have a quite a nice mix between the interiors and still life worlds and then a, some portraiture within that as well. You know, has that always been something that you've been keen to, like a balance that you've been keen to strike or is that a, is that something you've come to over time? The portraits are really new. It's mm-hmm. a, a really new facet of myself. It's mm-hmm. um, something that took me quite a long time to to be confident enough to do. Definitely. I, I Before I struggled with them quite a lot and I found it quite difficult to direct people. Yeah. I, I find that kind of trying to control someone else a bit weird, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I can see it's, it's necessity. And it, I think it's just finding your way of doing it that is acceptable to you and is not, and is acceptable to someone else because you do have to direct someone quite a lot in terms of, make getting the best portrait from them yeah and whether that's just making them laugh or making them relax or making them comfortable it's still something that has to come from you in order for that to happen and I think yeah it took me a long time to be confident enough to 
have those conversations with people in order to take some you know portraits that I was really pleased with yeah it must be yeah quite a change from from yeah purely shooting still life yeah it's a massive difference it really is it's it's like uh yeah I mean I totally have so much respect for portrait photographers I really Mm. do it's, it's very hard yeah and you know sometimes you are given literally three or four minutes with someone and you're expected to create something quite amazing in a very very limited time and Mm -hmm. some of the work is just astonishing out there yeah is it uh encourage you to look differently at lighting as well you know does do the two um yeah how how do they make you think differently in terms of the lighting and the uh, the presentation of that i think um with a person you need to be kinder than Mm -hmm. you do with a still life or an interiors and also you don't have the time that you do with a still life and in still life you can spend all day lighting one thing until you get this optimum thing with a person nobody's gonna put up with that so mm. I think you need to sort of either be pre-prepared well I think you need to be pre-prepared anyway I think for me it is finding either the natural light source or enhancing that natural light source as best as possible that yeah it really works for me I love that kind of natural light look even if i've created it myself which quite often i have cool and how do you balance your commercial work with more more personal projects is it quite important for you to be kind of having a space to maybe push boundaries that you can't push in 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 a commercial context yes i think it is really i think it's really important if you are creative to to use your your art form for your own creativity as well as creating for other people otherwise I think you would possibly go a little bit stir crazy inside you I think it's it's really challenging sometimes even though it's fantastic you know to be paid to do what you love sometimes it can be very challenging because it isn't your your vision and you do have to adhere to guidelines and rules set out by other people in order to accommodate their needs and it's fantastic when you know you get a client that totally gets you and you totally get them and they just say okay you go do your thing Mm. but it's quite rare yeah yeah you know and and you have to be accepting of this is the way that it works it and if you want to be paid to do something you love you have to be able to bend quite a lot with that so it i for me it's massively important to retain to, to continue to do what I love to do, but to do it for myself as well, or just to create for the, the sheer fun and the love of it. And I do, I have a lot of collaborations with people where we just do that. And they mainly involve food or flowers or just mm-hmm. lovely things that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And the, and, and, and the, the, the move towards shooting portraits, was that a personal decision or was that something that, you were getting requests to do or yeah and then it, a lot of it came out of one commission which was for a gallery who wanted me to focus off their makers and their um, collectors so it sort of stemmed from one commission which was just fantastic it was you know it was such a lovely thing to do they were doing a book about their for their 20 years in existence and they requested this and it, it was just yeah perfect nice and uh, I suppose it gives you a uh, it must be quite a nice, well, I suppose a development from, you know, purely shooting objects or design to then 
be able to, I, have, I suppose, have more of a relationship with the makers themselves. Yeah, the, the makers I was particularly love because I love their spaces. You yeah, know, for me, yeah. it was really quite, a, you know, a fabulous thing to do. And it's quite funny because, like, a lot of the objects that people, the, the makers have made are things that I use and I have on shoots all the time. So to then go to their creation and where they were created and photograph that as well, it, in my head it's made a really lovely journey hmm. and um and what about the movement into more moving image as well yes that's a whole new world yeah which, so um, it's, again is that something which has kind of been you know a, a path that you've kind of been led down or is it a, is it a choice that you've made yourself or this is definitely my choice I, yeah i really felt a need to expand from the still image i don't know i kept seeing little things and i quite just making little tiny videos on my phone that I was, you know, beginning to really enjoy. And then giving a couple of opportunities to make little films for people. And um, yeah, I, I relished it. I really enjoyed the process. And it's also the learning. It's like learning something else, mm. which is to do with your craft, but it's expanding all of you and, and expanding your mind quite a lot and learning yeah. new skills. Oh, yeah. And then the editing process, which is... Sure. The another an, yeah. an, another ball game in itself yeah, yeah but it's it's the idea of telling a story which i think i love and i think telling a story in a still image is very possible but there's also otherness that you want to go with that so with video that's what i love because you can get a complete story into a very small little period of time whereas in a photo you can tell a lot but not necessarily all that you want to tell yeah, yeah, yeah. And do, do you like being able to spend quite a long time, you know, whether in still or moving image, you know, being able to spend quite a lot of time creating the final result? Yes. I, yeah. yeah, I do. I, I mean, to be honest, I have learned to edit, but I also have learned that other people do it much better than mm. I do. Yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think we should... Yeah, utilize people's skills for what they mm -hmm. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see how I want it to go, but I don't have enough experience now to understand to get it there. So it's quite good to give it to other people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then going back to, I suppose, from where you transitioned from uh, assisting to your own work. Uh, you know, you mentioned that you know it was really great, kind of working with a fashion photographer working with 10-8, you know, what did that kind of process teach you which you've taken on yourself? I think the the um, the understanding of quality in an image mm -hmm. is definitely, definitely important to me. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the phase, you definitely get that. Shooting any kind of medium format, which for me is the most accessible way of doing what I do. Mm -hmm. So you've, you've always worked with medium format? Or? Yeah, always, yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I love the viewfinder. I love the looking down the viewfinder. I love the, I guess in a sense, it, it automatically transports you to another world because you look into a, a, an already made like image box. So it, it, for me, that really works. Mm. Whereas 35 mil, I find a little bit, I don't know, it's just, I like the hand holding of the 35 mil, but I don't like the there's not as much of a connection with what's in front of the lens. Yeah, it's it's yeah. very weird for me. It really yeah. is that kind of. No, and I, I, I mean, I I share that as well. You know, it's uh, it's as much about the process as it is the 
the resolution or the quality, even though that's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. And the thing with um, medium format is, is you are you start from a very considered place. Mm. Everything about it is considered, even putting your lenses on to putting your choosing your viewfinder to you know how it winds on. It, all of these things are part of my process now, and I I and I struggle without it. Mm-hmm. yeah i i find it it really uh sets the tone for a shoot as well and a lot of people say to me oh you know you sh- you're very calm on a shoot and i think part of that is because i shoot in this way in a medium format way which makes you very controlled and very considered yeah, yeah. but also you have a lot to get through so you, you know how to do it quickly but you do it in a very considered considered way, way. Yeah, yeah which i think is really really part of my work I think that when I look at my work, that's what I, it's, it is all very considered. So, so between film and digital, your, your process or approach hasn't really changed that much. No, not at all. And and I was, I was very afraid of digital at first, very, very afraid of it until I got a digital back on my Mamiya. And then I was very happy because it was basically the same process. Yeah. I thought I would have to use a different kind of camera and that really scared me, but luckily i didn't so <laughs> yeah it, yeah i think sticking to medium format has been for me a really important part of my work and the mm. way that i see things i think yeah, yeah yeah and um how has the industry changed over time in in you know within the world that you work in you know from from starting out and it all being you know on film to now you know the world we live in with everything being immediate and digital and then also the industry itself, you know, kind of how's your, yeah, how's your experience as a, uh, as a, as a freelance photographer changed over time with, you know, the developments that have happened? Um, I think it's become a much crap, a much busier place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more work, which is brilliant, but then there's a lot more people doing it as well. I think digital has changed the way a lot of people work. And I think it's changed the pace of things massively. Yeah. Which um, is not necessarily a bad thing, but for me, it's not a great thing. Mm. I, I, you know, I prefer a slower pace. I prefer if everything was was locked down slow all the time, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It suits me. It suits my way of being. Uh, I, I, I do miss film and Polaroid massively. I miss the, the kind of effect and the look of it, but... I also do love the immediacy and the fact that you can see something instantly on screen. I think that has revolutionized photography, really. Mm. Do you think that kind of immediacy allows for more of a creative process as well, you know, in terms of, you know, being able to get feedback and and, and change things around and, and work with more ideas in a quicker, quicker space yeah, of time? Most definitely. But it also has brought on the kind of too many opinions and sure <laughs> you yeah. know it works it works two ways it works twofold so there's bits of it that are just absolutely fantastic and there is bits of it that are just testing yeah and what about your experience starting out as a as a female photographer in what i imagine was quite a male driven industry and you know arguably yeah. still is you yeah know, how's absolutely. that how's that changed over time there is a lot more women which is brilliant there has yeah there's an, an increased amount of women but you're right when I started there was very very few females within the industry assisting or working or anything and most women were on the other side of the camera in a art directing or 
that kind of role, stylist, basically. You didn't get many women at all being photographers, mm. in, especially in, you know, I'm, I'm just talking about here in, where, you know, on in the avenues that I walked. But, yeah, it's changed massively. There are so many, which is brilliant. I think that's great for creativity and for women. It has changed a lot. It, it sounds like you were, you were able to find some... Uh, some photographers to work with who I don't know maybe look look past that yeah thankfully yes <laughs> it's true I, th- I yeah I think I was very lucky in who I went to work with I really was and th- yeah they did I, I don't know if it was necessarily a thing that um they were that they, men didn't employ women I mean there was a couple of occasions which I could but anyway the difference I think what it was it was just it wasn't really seen as something that women did or I'm not really sure why there were so few women it just was seemed like a bit closed mm. and um I think I st- I I started just as it was beginning to be a lot more open to yeah and I think it, it it's um yeah it, I think the balance now is is becoming really good mm. really mm. really good yeah, yeah cool um again in looking at how things have changed what sort of role does social media play in your practice as a photographer does it play a a crucial role in in your own kind of self marketing and self um self publication i suppose yeah oh, well, i'm i'm surprised how much i i um it's quite i was quite uh i refused it for quite a few years social media I, I mean, I don't do Facebook or anything else, but Instagram, Instagram has changed, changed my world. It really has. It is. And I can honestly say it is a platform. It is now your portfolio. I can see a lot of reason for that. And people do find you through Instagram. Mm. People do. I mean, I've had private messages on Instagram asking about jobs and stuff. So it really does. It definitely has made a huge difference. Mm. It's a universal portfolio, isn't it? Sure. And does it open up a way to network with other photographers as well? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that is, it's very true because there's people you wouldn't necessarily connect with that you work in the same industry with that you can then have some kind of banter with because you otherwise wouldn't see them or know them or, and there is quite a lot of that that goes on, which is really nice. And it's also fantastic for assistants. Do you know what I mean? I have so many messages from assistants like yeah. asking to come and work with me and stuff because, you know, you get to see a lot more. And I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's more friendly than the website in a way. In a way, it's quite strange. I think people see it in a in a more personal way than going to a website and sending you an email. It seems like people can communicate through it easier. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just, you know, because I've kind of grown up with that to some extent. But yeah. I think you know prior to that was there i suppose more pressure in a way to be building networks you know so that you were that yeah. person who knew somebody else who knew somebody else who could recommend you massively so massively yeah. so and there was a lot more going out knocking on people's doors with your book and asking for work and now with the advent of the internet you don't have to do that so much mm. i'm not sure if that's true for everyone do you know what i mean i i can see the difference it's made to my to me but maybe that's also because I'm more established now as well that I don't need to. Well, of course, we all need to go out and, and try. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. there is a lot. There seems to be a lot less call for taking a portfolio out these days than there used to be, which mm. is a bit sad because it's really nice that 
face-to-face meeting and that then you understand how you get on with someone and all of that but it is also great that you can be busy and at work and people are viewing you constantly Mm. it's nice and I think it it makes it a much more global platform than it would if you it's just your website yeah would you miss it if everything was to become completely non-printed oh yeah massively yeah How, how important is that again I'm sensing it's probably quite important because you're you know you're you you come from a very creative background you know how important is that final print and that uh, you know material it, end result when you when you print a piece of your work it, 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 there is nothing comparable to it you know or when you see it in print as well it's just a really solidifying feeling that you have created this thing and it is now on show for everyone mm. you know it it it's a lovely thing i I recently had two huge prints done of a shoot that I did that I really loved. And it's it's so nice just to sit and look at them <laughs> and, then, mm. and then they'll go away and something else will come in a, and that'll go away. And, you know, I don't keep things up all the time. I just, I, I rotate. And when I, I, I sort of really fall in love with a picture and then I put it up mm-hmm. and then I take yeah. it over. A, a finished print, a, a beautiful print, it's nothing like it. It's a lovely mm. thing. Because it's, it's, it's one thing I've always thought when people who are like, oh, you know, film is so much more tangible than digital. And it's like, well, print it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it doesn't have to just live on, on, a, on a screen. Uh, the thing that I really do miss about film, which I find digital lacks in a sense, is the nuances. You don't get so many happy accidents. And that is something I really do miss. I miss mm-hmm. this kind of occasional light spill or flare yeah, okay. or something that just just takes it somewhere else into a sort of slightly magical realm and I think with digital you have to create that with film it created itself and that was a really really beautiful thing yeah yeah the the imperfections in a way yeah yeah it was the magic that you know the absolute magic Mm. yeah cool and um what have you what have you got in the in, in the pipeline for you know in terms of future projects um, well, apart from my my hundred London homes, which I'm desperate to get out and start shooting again, which yeah. is my project that, as I, yeah, that is a laughable project because every time I think I must go and do some more, then I get really busy with work and I never seem to get to do any. And okay. The hundred, the hundred's only gone down to about seventy eight, <laughs> so I've still got quite a lot to go. But, ah, um, well, I mean, wh- 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 when did that start? <laughs> Don't ask. It's embarrassing <laughs> how many years this project is. But it will be my forever project, I think. But um, I'm, it's something I'm really interested in. I love how people live. I love what's behind the facade. Mm. Uh, yeah, do you, do you think that will live as a purely interiors project or, or will there be port- portrait elements to that as portrait, well? Portrait and interiors, yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely. I think. I think, you know, it's like really hopping back to where I started, how we used to live or how we do live. For me, it's it's fascinating. It's absolutely, I'm so nosy. I can't walk down the street without looking in someone's window. If they got their light mm. on at night, that's it. I'm there. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd probably get myself arrested one of these days. But no, I'm, I'm a bit like that as well. Yeah. I just find it fascinating. I really do. How we can all live in a very similar space and it becomes so personalized once mm. you open that door to someone else as well. It's absolutely yeah, yeah. fascinating so yeah that is my my big project that i as soon as i get let out again i shall mm. get on with 
Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose going back to the, the, the fashion trends in, in, in photography, maybe that will only get more interesting if it's over a longer period of time as well. Yeah, let's hope so. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool. And what, what sort of um, spaces is it that you're drawn to? You know, what really kind of, uh, you know, make, makes your heart sing? Um, I think everything inside makes my heart sing. I love the kind of, I love it when you go into someone's sort of space and it's very mundane and ordinary and it's kind of quite empty and sparse. But then I also love it when you go into someone's house and it's completely chaotic and eclectic and full to the brim of things that they have found and treasure they have collected and bits of bobs of anything. Yeah. I mean, I really am moved by the difference and the kind of what we find comforting as humans to surround ourselves with. Mm. I mean, I, I find that really fascinating. And I, it's quite often reflected in what pictures people have on the wall. Okay. You yeah. know, that that is really quite telling when you go into someone's house. And even if it's just like things tacked to the fridge or, you know, the sort of pieces of art that, you know, postcards that they choose or those kind of things, they really are interesting. Mm. And what, what, what sort of person are you? <laughs> look at the chaos oh i'm quite eclectic i i yeah i am um, i try to be minimal but it's quite difficult for me yeah i'm gonna say I, I try but it doesn't go very yeah, well no it doesn't go very well i have a um yeah i would love uh, like more space so i could be more minimal but keep all of my stuff just keep yeah, yeah. it really nicely spread <laughs> just, out that's just what i'd like out. to do yeah i just like to spread i have like a shelf in my living room and it's an ever-changing display of things because it's not big enough for everything. So I, what I do is I put some things up and I then I change a few weeks later, I change it to something else. Everyone that comes around go, is always like, you've moved the furniture again. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's because I have a little bit too much furniture, so I have to keep putting it in other rooms and trying it in different ways to try and make it fit. And it's never yeah. going not, to not fit. Not getting rid of it, just moving it around. <laughs> it's like, it's never going to fit. Just throw some of it away or give it away, but it's just hard. Yeah, yeah, but um, no, that's awesome. Well, um, yeah, really great of you to do this, Beth. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and um, nice to talk to you. And I hope we can uh, yeah. we can catch up in person soon. Yes, indeed, that would be lovely. Back in the real world. Yeah.